to the Movie Journey Podcast, where not only do we react and review films that are in the IMDb Top 250 list, but we also do a whole heap of films that aren't. And today, we will be finalising the prequel trilogy to one of the greatest franchises ever, Star Wars. We'll be looking at Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. I'm very excited, and I'm sure my co-host is as well. Let's bring him in, everyone. Welcome, Hendo. How are you going today, mate? I, I hope I can feel your enthusiasm and excitement by the end of this movie, because the first two... Uh, of this Star Wars saga have not been the greatest. They've been very, very subpar. So uh, fingers crossed that the uh, Revenge of the Sith is going to basically say a big F you to episode one and two. Mate, we got got something special for you today, all right? You're in for a treat because this film, oh, it steps up. Well, I can't wait. We're going to get into that movie. We're going to go watch it and react to it. And we will post that video onto our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash journey. If you are interested at all in the full-length reaction to that movie or our audio commentary, we'll have that over at patreon.com slash journey. And as usual, a massive shout-out and a big thank you to our awesome patrons for helping support the show. And your continual love and support just make this channel grow so much every single day. Yes, absolutely. Without, without your support, we would not be here. So thank you so much. All right. Uh, we're going to go watch Revenge of the Sith and we'll come back with our review of that movie. All right, Dean, we just finished watching episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Yes, we did, Hendo. What an experience that was. It was an experience, that is for sure. Let's get into the trivia and review of that movie. So, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, released in 2005, written and directed by George Lucas, starring Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman, Hayden Christensen, Ian McDermott, Samuel L. Jackson, Christopher Lee, Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker, and Frank Oz. So, cinematography by David Tattersall, who had done the other two previous Star Wars films, so we've already spoken about him, as well as music by John Williams, who did the music for... Did he do it for all the Star Wars? I'm not too sure about the other ones coming up, but I'd imagine he does every single one of them. <laughs> I mean, why not? He's already got it there. You just yeah, exactly. add in a few extra little notes and boom, new score. So George Lucas actually deliberately made the Darth Vader suit top heavy, adding additional weight to the helmet to make Hayden Christensen appear like awkward and not too accustomed to wearing it. Okay, I didn't notice that. I, I I thought like when he got out after he did his oh no before he did his no he did sort of like walk funny. But I thought well it's the first time he's ever walking with two prosthetic legs. It would make sense yeah. that he's walking weird. I didn't think gee he looks like a man who's not used to wearing a big helmet. I was like yeah he's very top heavy. You can tell how top heavy he is. Yeah. <laughs> So, the original cut for this movie ran nearly four hours. What? I mean, I like this movie, but that would have been ridiculous. The opening battle and the Palpatine rescue alone ran for over an hour. Man, I mean, that would have gone far too long. Mm, For sure. The extra footage of the Palpatine rescue scene is shown in the video game for this movie, however. Okay. Did you see any of that? Did you play the video game for this movie? I never played the video game for this. Uh, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen trained for two months in fencing and fitness. Trained in fitness, Hendo. (laughs) Uh, In preparation (laughs) for their epic battle. As a result of their practice, the speed at which Kenobi and Vader engage for the duel is the speed in which it was filmed, not digitally accelerated like I bet the uh, Emperor and Yoda fight was. Yeah, and maybe even the Palpatine and Windu fight, I reckon. I mean, that definitely would have been. Uh, Maybe even the (laughs) Dooku and Kenobi Anakin fight. Oh, yeah. Christopher Lee. uh, Yeah, he would have taken his time with that. Yeah. 
<laughs> so the images of the volcanic eruption on Mustafa is real footage Mustafa. of Mount Etna in Italy. Mustafa. So what did I say? Mustafa? Something not correct. Something wrong. Mustafa is real footage of Mount Etna in Italy, which was erupting at the time of production. Okay. I mean, come on. Real footage? What, they're, they're, they're hanging around inside this volcano? Get off it. Maybe they got the stock footage. Oh. Someone they, they borrowed the stock footage of someone. How's this? A 10-year-old Han Solo was going to appear during the Battle of Kashyyyk as an orphan being raised by Chewie. He would have helped locate General Grievous by finding a part of the transmitter droid that was sending signals from Utapau? Yeah. Allowing Obi-Wan to find and confront the villain. Like, come on. Not necessary. You don't need to. Not necessarily. (laughs) Yeah, not at all. Uh, Maybe that would have been in the four-hour cut. I mean, if you're doing a four-hour cut, sure, chuck a bit of Solo in there. You have to to pad that runtime out for a four-hour film. Yeah. Ewan McGregor had Lucasfilm make him a looped reel of all of Sir Alec Guinness's scenes from the original trilogy so that he could study them and perfect both the accent and the pacing of the words belonging to Sir Alec Guinness. All right, that's uh, getting real into the character. It would have been a fascinating 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> Just constant. We've got a hot take coming up here, Hendo. Natalie Portman, you won't, you won't believe this. Natalie Portman considers this film... To be her favourite of the original uh, prequel trilogy here. Really? Not a, not a big fan of uh, Phantom Menace, was she? Seriously. Why would you bother saying that? Uh, apart from providing the voice of R2-D2 and the heavy breathing of Darth Vader, which he has done since the original Star Wars, Ben Burt provided the voices for every battle droid, super battle droid, and buzz droid. Ah. Was that the, uh, eh, Roger, Roger, all those guys? I, I think it was the, eh, it's probably nothing. <laughs> Uh, the Wookiee costumes from this film sported a new arterial system that pumped ice cold water to help cool down the actor wearing the suit. Nice. Okay. Keeping it, you know, keeping it fresh. Interesting. I I also actually saw, I don't know if I included it here, but there was only 10 Wookiee Wookiees uh, in shot ever and they just duplicated Mm -hmm. them. These 10 for the, like the battle scenes and stuff. Okay. Ah. Interesting. Well, how about this one, though? Liam Neeson has said that he recorded a cameo as Qui-Gon Jinn, which was to feature in a scene with Yoda, further explaining the concept of a Jedi communicating from beyond the grave. In the script, the dialogue in which Qui-Gon is heard, not seen, appeared in the scene in which Yoda is meditating on the secret asteroid base just before Bail Organa informs him of Obi-Wan's return with Padme. The scene does not appear in the deleted scene section of the DVD. However, an unfinished version was included in the Blu-ray release box set. Have you seen this scene? No, I haven't. I'm sure it's on YouTube, maybe. Just look that up. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Do you think we'll get a uh, Liam Neeson sighting in the Kenobi series? I mean... I mean, why not? You're expecting like a a quick... You get like a little uh, final scene of the penultimate episode of him showing up and then you're like, Oh, Qui-Gon's in the final episode! I mean, Liam Neeson is saying yes to anything these days as if he'd be turning it down. And why wouldn't the people making it want Liam Neeson in it? Yeah, that'd be a great, like, reveal. That'd be awesome. Uh, in, in, yeah, it'd be good. Uh, George Lucas originally intended to have Peter Cushing reprise his role as, as his role as Tarkin years after his death through the use of stock footage and digital technology. However, the idea was scrapped and the footage of Cushing was deemed unusable. Cushing's likeness was digitally inserted into Rogue One, a Star Wars story, as we know. Uh, as, yes. Well, it's funny because the the version of the movie we saw, he's in there. Is he not in the uh, original version? I mean, this trivia is saying he was taken out because it was it looked so bad. So obviously, it did look weird. Yeah. No, nah, but obviously they've improved it somewhat and put him in. Yeah. Well, we did watch the remastered version. I'm pretty sure there was yeah. a specific scene 
this unusual scene of just a, like this cut back and forth between what was it Anakin and Padme from different places, hmm. and then that was it. Yeah. I was like, okay, why was this here? Yep. Every every clone trooper in the film is CGI. Not a single real clone costume or helmet was featured in the movie. At least it actually looked better than Attack of the Clones. Oh, it definitely did. Definitely did. Yeah. Uh, the scene of Vader and Obi-Wan using the force push on each other and knocking each other back originally had a force-filled graphic effect added. Oh. But George Lucas, for the first time ever, did not want <laughs> more more stuff added to the shot. Uh, he was not satisfied with the inclusion and it did not have the effect added. So thank you, George oh. Lucas, for showing some restraint. I did I did say Ooh, during that scene they should have had like the the the, the bubble, like the, the ripple effect. Mm. That would have been good. But if it didn't if it didn't look good, you know, but you know, all the you know the CGI clones and the Peter Cushing effect, you know, they all they all got in. In the duel with Count Dooku, the imprisoned Palpatine originally had more dialogue, including saying, do it, more times, which he was to shout at Anakin. <laughs> One of his lines <laughs> pertained to episode two, Attack of the Clones, in which Palpatine exposed Dooku as paying for the Tusken Raiders to kidnap, torture, and kill Shmi. Oh, not Shmi Skywalker. What about Shmi? Shmi's me. Shmi's what about me? me? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, good good on you, Dooku uh, This movie marks the first and only time that audiences see two lightsabers of the same colour fight and hit each other There you go Okay, nice little tidbit there It is Alright, but budget of $113 million and worldwide grossed $868 million Making it the second most financially successful film of 2005 behind Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire Nice and with only the May 19 earnings, this film broke four box office records. It broke the midnight screenings gross, which was held by Return of the King, the opening day gross, which was held by Spider-Man 2, the single day gross, which was held by Shrek 2, and Thursday gross, which was held by The Matrix Reloaded. Thursday gross. Its single day and opening day gross records were later surpassed by Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, when that movie grossed $55.5 million on its opening day, and its midnight screening gross was broken by The Dark Knight with $18.5 million. So every movie you just mentioned, I think with the exception of Dead Man's Chest or maybe I did I saw at the cinema so you're welcome nice. so you contributed you're welcome <laughs> film industry but this did have one Academy Award nomination for Best Makeup which it lost to The Chronicles of Narnia The Lion, The Witch and The Wardrobe yeah yeah that's unlucky all right, but the scores here. Rotten Tomatoes critics give this an 80% saying wow. with episode three, Revenge... Yeah, I know, right? With episode three, Revenge of the Sith, George Lucas brings his second Star Wars trilogy to a suitably thrilling and often poignant, if still a bit uneven, conclusion. The audience have it lower, 66% from the Rotten Tomatoes audience. Jesus. Metacritic give it a 68 Letterboxd give it a 3.5, and IMDb have this at 7.6 for their rating. Which is, uh, it's decent. That's a decent rating. You gotta love it. This film was also at one point in the top 250. Okay. What, at, at 250? No, 20th of May 2005 at number 130, which was its highest rank. Wow. Look at yes, you go. but by the next month, it was out of the list, but... It came back in October 2005, where it stayed in there for almost a year, hovering in the bottom fifth there, up and down a little bit, and it bowed out of the list, finally, on September 11, 2006. That's crazy. I did not realise that. Eh, but that is the end of our trivia, Dean. Let's uh, talk about this movie. What are your initial thoughts on Revenge of the Sith? Mate, I really like this movie. I th yeah? I, yeah, I do. Uh, I've seen a lot. I saw it three times at the cinemas, uh, which... 
I've never seen a film four times, so it holds the record. Wow. That's a bit of trivia. I'm just trying to think if there was has ever been another film I've seen three times at the cinemas. Maybe The Dark Knight. Okay. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, like this this film is is what all the, the prequels should have been. You know, serious, more mature, not like oh, Mr. Judge Binkser. <laughs> like it was it's just a it's a it takes itself seriously. It's not you know, trying to be kitty, trying to sell toys. I mean, obviously, there's lots of toys to be sold, but yes. you feel like in the other ones, they're trying to. Uh, whereas this one, this feels like a real movie. And because they had so much left to still cram into a film, I thought its pace was, like, quite quite strong. Like, it's a long movie. Cool. It, it keeps going. What did you think? More importantly, Hendo, as a, you know, not as familiar with this film, what did you think of it? Uh, this clearly is the best of the prequel trilogy. It's not even close. (laughs) It is the only movie of the trilogy that I will recommend. It is definitely a recommend, that's for sure. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, Yeah, that's my first initial impression is that it it, it definitely passes that mark of thumbs up, definitely watch this one. I think it's uh, quite a good film. But uh, let's uh, let's kick into the cons. The cons, geez. Let's uh, kick into the pros here, Dean. What what was the good about this one? What, What really stood out for you? Oh, I was going to say, oh, would you like me to go first? Uh, yeah, you go first. I always go first. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think I think the uh, the Obi-Wan Anakin relationship, I think, has really uh, been put on the uh, the high burner here. I really? Thought the, uh, the, yeah, I think, I think I will say the acting of Hayden Christensen really, really stepped up from Attack of the Clones. I think he took some acting lessons in between okay. movies, Hayden, Christ- gotta say. Hayden Christensen is easily so much better in this. But he's also working yes. with... A much better script. There's really only yeah. one super corny oh, yeah. scene. I mean, hey, you could argue the scene at the end like, Anakin, you're breaking my heart. Is, yeah, that was is a bit corny. Okay, yeah, well, but okay. but I, I enjoy that. I laugh at that. I think that's like funny, yeah. funny corny. Like, oh, man, they're really going for it. But that scene yeah. where it's just like, you know, you're so beautiful and all that sort of stuff. Like that, yeah. that, that was shot. That is episode two levels of bad. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think for the most part, he's, he's definitely better in this. Yeah, definitely. I think the story overall is a lot. It's a, uh, it's not as complicated. And it, it keeps you engaged the whole time. Like the story is quite simple throughout the film. You know where this is. It's the end of the it's the end of the prequel trilogy. So you you sort of have an idea of where mm. this is going to end up. And all these these loose ends get tied up, but they open up so much more to to basically move into the original trilogy here. And the you know the uh, I guess the progression of Anakin you know changing like moving to the dark side. And my God, Ian McDermott as Palpatine yeah. here, and the way he just just uh mind controls Anakin into doing what he does with these these conversations and just the it, it, like the 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 subtleness of how he was doing it and just ma- getting him to betray the Jedi I mean that was all that was all gold it was they, they were great scenes yeah my, my biggest pro is definitely Ian McDermott in this I think the scenes you talk about the relationship with Obi-Wan and Anakin I I, I prefer that, that don't get me wrong that's really strong but I definitely prefer the the relationship between Anakin and the Emperor here and the way that that yeah. progresses and it's just 
watch it watching Ian McDermott just have the time of his life. It's <laughs> oh, I just I think it's so great. And seeing Anakin, you know, this young guy who's getting manipulated by this, you know, master manipulator. It's oh, it's fascinating. I I love it. I lo- I love his stories. Yeah. I love I love, you know, him using Padme and when he chooses to reveal himself like even on this watch, I was like, "Oh, Jesus, he's already telling him he's he's basically the Sith Lord." Um Yeah, that was early. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I could this." Let's get moving. <laughs> it's good stuff. Good stuff. I think the action in this movie was a lot better, like a much better handled than the other two previous films. It's uh, there's definitely some super highly choreographed, you know, lightsaber fights, which are they're okay. Like I didn't mind them, okay. but they I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I find that those overly choreographed, you know, f- flinging your lightsaber, everyone doing dances and that while they're so like doing, you know, spinnies and that. Love the spinnies. <laughs> it's like, come on. Love the spinnies. No, the spinnies are come terrible. Come on, you can't tell me the Obi-Wan and Anakin fight on Mustafa was, wasn't fantastic. Uh, it was okay. It's oh. not, not, not going to be part of it. It's not going to be part oh. of my bad, but it's definitely, it's not part of my good. It's, it's okay. Uh, maybe it went on for a little bit too long. Maybe. And I will not take that back. Wow. All right, what about you? Any other goods you got? Uh thought Samuel L. Jackson was quite cool. Always yeah, always I mean, a Samuel fan. Samuel L. Jackson's always cool. Always a fan. Yeah. I thought the the, <laughs> the fight where him and him and Emperor fight, I thought that was fantastic as well. Uh yeah, I just yeah, it's all great. Oh, another thing. I really like the the feel of this film. Like it's it's epic in nature. You know, like it's it mm-hmm. feels like like I know these Star Wars films are all, you know, big loud explosions and fights and stuff. But this one really felt like like holy shit, like the world as we know it in this Star Wars universe is changing in a big way. Yeah. And it, it felt yeah. like, hey, there are consequences. And you, you mentioned during our reaction that, you know, remind you of Infinity War, like the bad guy wins here. Like that's yeah, oh, yeah that's, that's a bit that's a massive That's yeah. so great. Like seeing yeah. like you know it's gotta happen because you know that, you know, it leads into a new hope eventually. But like, yeah, the bad guy's winning. Oh, love to see it. Big tick. Yeah. Like everything Palpatine does works. Yeah. He he nails everything. So good. Yep, he, he, it was so. It was, it was, I was genuinely surprised at how, how good this film was. Uh, what about any bads, Dean? What's what's some negatives with this film? Hmm. Can we go with the dialogue? I mean, some of the dialogue. I mean, I, I, yeah, the dialogue is is choppy, definitely. Um, but I think you sort of forgive it because it's actually a darker Star Wars film. That's that scene with Anakin and um, shit. What's her name? Padme on the balcony. I know which yeah. one. Uh, but no, that that was pretty rough. I think Ewan McGregor's delivery on some of these lines. I know he's so beloved, but it's a, it's a bit wooden. Some of the ways he says this stuff, and again, part of that is the writing. These lines are very clunky, but uh, yeah, it's just you know. I thought the use of Dooku at the start was you know underutilized. Not that we love Dooku or anything, but it's like, oh yeah, Dooku's still in this. Oh no, Anakin's beheaded. Yeah. So I think I think one of the 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 bads that stand out is this general grievous. I thought his character was terrible. Yeah. Oh. And I wish that they had found a way to incorporate that character as being Dooku. Like he survives through until about halfway through the film when that happens. But yeah, I guess you need that to start sending Anakin down that path. Yeah. So yeah, okay, I guess, but. I don't know, maybe Dooku being out of this film so quickly and having him being replaced by this Grievous idiot yeah. probably wasn't the best. Yeah, I think I think Grievous is a fair con. Like, I love the design of Grievous. I think, you know, is he is he a droid? Is he organic? Like, I think he's definitely organic, but his arms, are the collection of lightsabers, his actual, his look, his size, his big mm. toe claw thing like a velociraptor, all that stuff is great. Like, yeah. the look of him is fantastic. But if you're going to put in this brand new 
you know, bad guy, give him some mm-hmm. backstory. Like he's walking around coughing. That's never mentioned ever. Like yeah. that's like what I said in the reaction about, you know, oh, Mace Windu apparently choked him in the Clone Wars or whatever. That's not in this film. Like you've got to do extra no. research to find out. And his his coughing thing is like the main trait of Grievous. Like apart from his look, like what do you know about him? He coughs and breathes funny all the time. Like why? <laughs> like he's given zero zero story. And I get there's a lot to do in this film. The focus can't be on this brand new character. But you know what? You've put this guy in. Give us something. Something. Yeah, exactly. I think the way Padme goes out is laughable. What? She has lost Seriously. the will to live, Hendo. What don't you understand? Stop it. You've you've just had twins. That should be enough will for you to stay alive and raise these twins. No, no, no. If, nah, if, if she can't heart. have Anakin, she can't live. Okay? End yeah. of story. I never really I never I never really bought their relationship from the jump. And this film maybe did a little bit to increase it, but just, nah, still no. Didn't you see that he was breaking her heart, though, Hendo? (laughs) Maybe you missed that bit. You're breaking my heart. (laughs) Oh, can I, can I, let's go back to a good that I missed. You were my brother, Anakin. (laughs) R2-D2 being a badass. Eh, whatever. It was awesome. Eh, Especially in that first scene. It was gangster. It was great. I liked liked the Jets. The Jets were cool. Yeah. It was good. Definitely R2's best film. Oh, easily. Oh, I mean, he's, I mean, he does play the, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Later. Oh, I thought you were talking about so far. I mean, sure. Definitely. I mean, everyone <laughs> is the best so far in this film. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything from the fir- the first two films that is better in those than this? Qui-Gon. <laughs> no, but Qui-Gon's not in this, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think you so. You can't even say Jewel of the Fates because Jewel of the Fates is in all three movies. Yeah, but it's it's best in episode one. Yeah. Maybe, okay, I will say that the the Darth Maul lightsaber fight is still the best lightsaber fight I've seen. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm uh I'm I'm pretty happy with this movie. Uh very entertaining. Uh I mean, is it because of the first two films weren't that good that this, you know, looks more like a better film than it really is? I don't know. I don't care. I don't think so. I give this three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. I'm happy that you've given it three and a half. I give it four. I like it a lot. Oh, a four for the Revenge of the Sith. I didn't think you were going for a four. Really? Jesus, look out. Oh, for yeah. sure. It's, yeah, it's always four. This movie's awesome. awesome. Excellent. All right. Good stuff. And that's going to do it for episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Now, Dean, next week, we're back to the top 250. And it is going to be the winner of our YouTube tournament where we had a basically a March Madness-style bracket tournament, 32 of some of the most popular movies on the Top 250 list. We had many, many votes, many tournament, many matches. And in the end, it came down to Forrest Gump versus Fight Club. And the winner was Fight Club. Yes, it was. And I'm very excited. I was very worried we were going to get gumped. But no, we got <laughs> my man, Eddie Norton. And Brad Pitt, and I'm excited. It's going to be good. Can't wait for that one. So until then, thank you very much, everyone, for checking out this episode, and we'll see you next week for Fight Club. Bye.